It's good to be here tonight. Um, Terry couldn't be here tonight, so uh, he called his next best men, and then when they couldn't do it, he finally got down to me and Jordan. So uh, we're, uh, we're thankful to actually be uh, in person tonight. We wish that we could have uh, normal church every week, but uh, we understand the circumstances. Um, and I guess we'll just start with a quick word of prayer before we get started. Bless, precious Heavenly Father, we are thankful that uh, you let us come into your house tonight. God, we're thankful that uh, even though not everyone can be here, that we can still feel your spirit and your presence no matter where we're at. Lord, uh, church is where you are. It doesn't have to be uh, in a specific building, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, Lord, we ask you to help us tonight and uh, help us feel you out, Lord, and let us be obedient servants tonight. Uh, God, we want to be able to follow your path. Uh, Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Um, I wanted to start out uh, just reading, a, sharing a quick um, couple verses of scripture uh, that honestly I was looking for something else and I uh, just uh, came across it about five minutes ago and the Lord blessed me and I, um, it's a very common scripture. It's uh, John 13 and 14. Uh, John chapter 4, excuse me, 13 and 14. Uh, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again, uh, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a well should be shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now that's Jesus to the Samaritan woman at the well, um, and I'm thankful that. Uh, even though these these times of uh, strife and trouble in the world, I have somewhere to turn to. I have a foundation uh, that, you know, no matter what happens, Jordan, uh, there's going to be times that the world will never satisfy me, but uh, the Lord will. So I'm just really thankful for that. Um, and I guess uh, we don't have any prayer requests or anything, and we were kind of uh, feels a little bit awkward up here, and I ask you to pray for me, whether you're online or here, but um, I guess I'm just going to start out with a song. Um, this song is called Mercy Walked In. It's the first song that the Lord ever uh, put on my heart to sing uh, in church, and it means so much to me because uh, it's, it's my salvation song. Uh, whenever I hear this song or sing it, uh, the Lord takes me back to the day I got saved when I was an eight-year-old boy, um, and that's still the greatest day of my life. Everything good in my life came uh, as a water, as a uh, butterfly effect. After that, it just came over and over. It was just a slope down from there, Jordan. Just good things coming from the Lord. Uh, so pray for me. Um, mercy walked in. I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. It looks like you're guilty. Now what do you say? I spoke up, Your Honor. I have no defense. But that's when mercy walked in mercy walked in and pleaded my case and called to the stand god saving grace the blood was 
presented that covered my sin forgiven when mercy walked in I stood there in wonder how could this be that someone so guilty had just been made free my chains were broken and i was born again the moment then mercy walked in mercy walked in and pleaded my case and called to the stand god saving grace the blood was presented that covered my sin forgiven when mercy walked in i'll turn over to brother jordan glad to be here this evening thankful for being able to come once again and uh, being in the house of the Lord and we were thinking about when Terry called us earlier today uh, I told him Sunday I knew he was going to call me and today was a little different I didn't expect a, talk, a call from Terry uh, but when he called I was I was grateful and uh, I was thankful to be able to preach and I was thankful that the Lord gave me another duty to do and um it seems like that's where my life's been here lately is just wanting to work for him, wanting to do something for him. And uh, I'm thankful when he gives me little pieces. So we're honored to be here. And uh, sorry, Terry couldn't be here. And he kind of told us to give a little summary, but um, he's feeling fine, no issues. Um, but he did come in contact with somebody that might have had COVID 19, I think is what he said. And um, so he had to take a test today. So he just felt like it'd be best if he didn't come. But um, we do appreciate that and appreciate a pastor that, you know, looks out for us and uh, himself and others. So we're, we're thankful for that and sorry we couldn't have him here. I wish he was, but uh, we understand. So you really pray. Um, I've got a couple of scriptures I want to read on my heart. And um, Lord's really blessed me to have a, a thought on some of this. And uh, I really enjoyed it when he gave it to me. And I just want to be able to preach um, the word that God has given me in a way that is pleasant to him. And uh, I want it to help somebody. You know, we've got a lot of folks tuning in to our services, watching online, and uh, we've got a lot of folks, even though they might not be able to watch it live, they go back and they watch it later. And um, We've got a lot of people uh, that are needing something. And uh, I just want to be able to do my part to help God easily touch those people. And um, if you would just pray for me, I want to read first, and this is in, this is in Luke, uh, chapter 8, verse 41. And uh, this is about the woman with the issue of blood, and then I'm going to go over and read about the rich young ruler after that. But 
this is chapter 8, verse 41 in Luke. It says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood, twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched. And then uh, if we go over, this one's in uh, Mark. This is chapter, I believe it's chapter 10. Yep, chapter 10, verse 17. It'll say, And when he was... When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked, asked him, Good master, what shall I do, that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And I like this because it wasn't a question. There's a period after that. Yeah, I think he was saying, I know you know these things. And, uh, and he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. And, uh, you know, it's sad because if you skip down to verse 23, it says, And Jesus looked around about and saith unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And uh, I was thinking about this, these two scriptures. And uh, there was a lot of scriptures that came to my mind when I read these. But when God showed me these, he showed me a, a, a distinction between them. And uh, I guess it goes for a lot of different scriptures. But, you know, one was a woman who suffered so long. And she was willing to get down on her hands and knees just to touch the hem of his garment. I mean, it says that the crowd thronged around him. It was such a press of people. She would have had to fight her way to get to him. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't let her uh, get by. And I believe with all my heart, I really do believe this. I believe as those people were gathered around him, and she had a willingness and an urgency to get to him that she got down and she crawled to him. And she really thought, if I just get a piece of him, he'll make me whole. She had that faith. I'm so glad that when I got saved, that's all it was, was me getting down on my knees, humbly coming before God, humbly saying, Lord, if I can just get a piece of your time, Lord, if you just give me a piece of you, I know I'll be alright. And when she did that, she was healed instantaneously. It says it stopped just like that. When you come before God the right way, He'll save you. And I love it because, you know, it goes back to that rich young ruler. He had everything. He was comfortable. He had great riches. He was a high-standing man in society. But... He didn't come before God the right way. He didn't come humbly. He was more worried about the comfort that he had in this life than what he had waiting for him in eternity. He was more worried about the little things down here that are such vanity. He was so worried about those that when God said, okay, he said, just 
Throw those things to the side. He couldn't do it. He comforted in those so much, he couldn't get rid of them. I've done that. I remember thinking, you know, so many times, I'd like to just quit preaching. I'd like to be comfortable. I'd like to sit back and not have to worry about, you know, what I'm going to be reading this week. What If I've got anything, if I'm going to be asked to get up. But you know what? I've found that there's no better comfort than when you're nervous, when you're out of sorts, and God passes by and instills peace in your heart and joy, and He takes a comfort that you could never grasp, and He gives it to you. That comfort is real. That's the comfort that that woman got that that man didn't. The comfort that she was able to take with her for the rest of her life. That he left to die for the rest of his. That amazes me. I think about Naaman. He was a great warrior, it said. And there was a little servant that said, I know a man. Come and see him. Come and see him. And you know, Naaman being the great warrior he was, he, he came and he brought a band with him. He brought riches and he brought these things. But the prophet said, I don't want any of that. He said, go dip it seven times in the river of Jordan. He said, why? Aren't our rivers better? He overlooked the point. The point wasn't the beauty and the, the, the way it was going about. It was what he told him to do. Forget about how you think it should go. Listen to what God tells you. That's the difference. When God tells us something, we shouldn't just throw it off to the wayside. You know, I think about that man who was crazy. He was living in tombs. He was out of his mind. He said, my name is Legion, for there is many. He was consumed with problems. But when Christ came, he ran to him. And Christ relieved him. He knew, just like that woman, I just got to get to him. I just got to get there and do whatever he says. That's what he knew. You know, we get so wrapped up in our minds. I, I'm, you know, I like to think of myself as an intelligent person. I think most people think that they're intelligent people. We can get ourselves so caught up in our minds that it misguides our heart and we can't even find what our soul needs. We can really find a place where our mind takes us so far out of reach that we don't even know where we're at. And we'll get into a darkness and we'll get into a place where we say, well, I can't even feel God. I don't even know if He's calling to me. I don't know what God wants. That's when you got to stand still. That's when you got to say, Lord, here I am. I've, I've done it again. I'm in a spot I don't know what to do. I don't know where you want me, God. I don't know what can be done, but Lord, here I am. Come to me. I'm waiting. I love what the Bible says. It says, seek and you will find. If you look for Him, He'll show up. If you say, Lord, I have a need, He'll bring you what you need. God is so good like that. He didn't just see an eight-year-old boy and leave him off to himself in his bedroom one day. When I called, He answered. When I got down to a place where God convicted me and spoke to me personally and said, Jordan, you're lost and you're going to hell. If you want, I can change that. I can fix that. He did. All I had to do was say, yeah, I, I want that. Yeah, I want it bad, God. What do you need? Just come and touch the hem of my garment. Just run to me. Just come unto me. Do what I say. 
Oh, it's so simple. It's so simple. I mean, you think about it. If you had uh, cancer right now and your body was just full of it, and there was no hope, and there was a preacher that said, you go dip seven times in the river of Jordan and you'll be healed. I'm telling you, I'd run. That'd be the easiest thing I've ever had to do for something. I mean, you know, you think about it. In order to have life and success and careers, you've got to put a lot of work in. But dipping seven times in the river, I tell you what, folks, I've, I've swam in Dale Hollow Lake a lot more times than that. When God asks us to do something so simple as come, how can we not? How can we not? When the value is so high and the risk is so low. You know, I, I'm a person that loves, you know, talking about the markets. I love talking about the economy. And you know, when things are sitting up high at value, usually I like to wait till they fall because it's cheaper. But you know what? God's value has never one time ever dipped. But I tell you, the risk has never gone up. It's the best stock you can ever buy in your life. It'll pay dividend over dividend. It'll come back and reimburse you. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I'll start like this. My dad, he, he runs a sound. He's up there with my uncle. I've always had a father who's been in church. I've always had a mom that's been in church. And I tell you, growing up, when I got to about 18, 19 years old, I realized how important that was to me. I didn't know for 18 years how good God had been to me by saving my parents. And I didn't realize how good God had been to me by allowing them to then in, retur in return pray for me and help me in a way that they couldn't if they weren't saved. That was one thing that stuck out to me. I thought, thank you, Lord, for saving me and giving me that blessing. Thank you for giving me that. Another thing, when I got to a point I needed a career, I was, I was an adult, I had to pay the bills. I wanted to have a house, I wanted to have a family. I didn't know where to start, but God did. I prayed, I said, Lord, give me a job that I can make an honest wage. Lord, give me a job, Lord, that I can have these things. Even though I know, you know, having you know, all the spiritual things in line are most important, I still have to take care of these things. And you know what? God understands. He gave me those things. But you know what? If I wasn't saved, I wasn't following Him, I wasn't living the right life, all those things wouldn't have mattered. All those things wouldn't have fell into place. You know, God is so good. If you follow Him, He will not only lead you, He'll let you walk beside Him. He'll teach you. You know, you think about the problems in our world today. And, uh, you know, this is something kind of natural, but it lines up so good. All the problems we have in our world today are usually a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge, and a lack of somebody teaching them better. It is. You think about a lot of the issues we have right now. It's a lack of teaching. It's a lack of parenting. It's a lack of structure. I'm telling you, we are no different no matter how much education we've got. You can be a, a doctorate in seven different things. You can have everything figured out down here. But if you're not saved, you've missed out on the greatest wisdom of all. And you'll never be able to configure a life worth living. You say, what do you mean? I, you can live a life, but there is living 
And then there's living a life worth living. And I'm telling you, when I got saved, my life went from just living to, wow, I'm living. When I got saved, I didn't realize that the sky could be so beautiful. I didn't realize that flowers could be so new to me. I didn't realize it when somebody hugged me in the church and they told me they loved me. I didn't realize I could feel that way. Why? Because it was blessings from God. When you put Him in the mix, things get better. It's like, you know, if you had a a cookie you were making, you were making a batch of cookies, if you don't add sugar, they don't taste too good. But if you put it in there and you get it in the mix, buddy, it's, it's so good. I'll eat a whole sheet if they'll let me. I feel like, you know, if God could just intermingle with me time and time every day, He'll do it for anybody. You say, you really think that, preacher? I know it. I've talked to folks for 80 years. They've been living, walking with the Lord. I've talked to folks that for 15 years, they've been living, walking for the Lord. One year, it don't matter. God's with every one of us. He's walking with us. And uh, I don't know uh, anybody's condition. I don't know where anybody stands. It ain't my job to know. But God knows. And God gave me this pa- these passages to read and these thoughts and this preaching because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody's dealing with something. And if you're lost, you need to call unto Him. You need to be like that woman and say, I don't care what the circumstance, I'm going to get to Him. I don't care what it takes, I'm going to finally get to Him. You know, there's times in our lives, how many of us, you know, that are athletes, we get to a point, maybe it's in the middle of a ball game, maybe it's in a practice, and you get to a point where you've been beat down enough that you finally get enough in you to say, I'm going to conquer the day. And you do something you didn't even think you were capable of. I remember one time I was at baseball practice and I thought, you know what, I'm tired of not being able to hit this dang ball. And I smoked it over the fence and I, I, I thought, wow, I did it. I mean, I was probably 8th grade, ninth grade, I don't know. Everybody has a moment, whether it's sports related or not. But it's more important that you have that moment with Christ. It's more important that you have a point where you can go back to and say, I didn't think I could, but He did it. I know I couldn't make it, but He did it for me. He came to me. He made it happen. If you don't have that, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? You're not just affecting yourself. You're affecting a whole generation. You know, we read through the Bible, and it lists generation after generation, people after people. And I've heard people say, man, that's the most boring part of the Bible. I can't read that. It's, it's so boring. It's just person after person, lineage after lineage. It's in there for a reason. Because it wants you to know, because this one did right, these ones got an opportunity that was easier. These ones had it easier because that one did right. Folks, it is simple math. You know, I mean, (laughs) it don't get much easier than following the Lord. We put a lot of things in front of God. We put a lot of things in a place that they don't belong. And you say, what do you mean? What I'm saying is, Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes tells us, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. You know, if I put all my focus into my career, I put all my focus, even say I had children, all my focus was in them. Say all my focus was just in my family or just in my home or just in different assets. It'd be worthless. It really would. People don't like to hear that, but it would be worthless. 
But if you take God and you say, that is my pillar, that is my high tower, and you build off of Him, everything lines up. Everything goes good. Everything goes smooth. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a joy to it. Everything that has a, a trial or a temptation seems to always have an over, a glowing joy afterwards. You know, I was talking to somebody today, and uh, we were talking about you know, people getting pregnant. We were talking about some folks had more trials than other folks. And uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. He said, you know, you know, for 700 and some days, they tried to get pregnant and they couldn't. And they, he said, you know, we went to a doctor and he basically gave us a 10% chance. And I didn't know that's what they had told him. It was a friend of mine. And I thought, wow, you know, that's pretty interesting. But he said, you know, through that whole thing, he said, I wouldn't have wished it on anybody. He said, but when we got pregnant and God gave us that baby, he said, it was the greatest joy. He said, God blessed us so much. It doesn't matter what the trial is. It doesn't matter if it's just getting saved, working through that problem, because it is a problem. Or maybe it's you being out of church and struggling with your life structure. You've got to come to a point where you say, I've had enough. Lord, take control. Lord, take it over. Because if you try to do it, it'll never work. If you try to figure it out, your brain can't handle it. If you try to sort it all out, your organizational skills will not get you anywhere. But it says, come through me and you will meet the Father. I love that. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, folks, if you're looking for the answers, it's in the book. The book says, come and get saved. It says, follow me. I'll love you more than anyone. I'll be your closest friend. I'll stick to you closer than a brother. Well, no matter what happens, I'll take care of you. That's the promises of God. It's so simple. It's so easily understood. But yet we dismiss it time and time again. We find something in the world and we distract ourselves. We find something in our mind and we allow it to cloud the judgment that we know is true. Why? I don't know. Because we're foolish. We're made from the dust. We, we were made with sin. And we're always going to battle that. But when you get saved, buddy, the inside becomes clean. You know, I don't battle with things like I did when I was lost. When I was lost, I was consumed in darkness. I would find a glimpse of happiness. I'd find a glimpse of this. But I wasn't happy and joyful till I got saved. When I got saved, you talk about the doors blowing open. Buddy, joy and goodness and love came in. Oh my gosh, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. It was so overwhelming. I thought, Lord, thank you. You know, I believe I probably smiled for days after that. I told everybody I could. You know, me, just a shy little kid. I told everybody I could. I told my kindergarten teacher. I told my Sunday school teachers. I, I just, I was so excited because of what was going on inside of me. I had been a lamb that was all tattered and spotted, made white as snow. I tell you folks, when you go from unworthy to the prized possession, there's nothing better than that. Who doesn't want to be the prized possession? You know, I think about that scripture in Revelation where it talks about how we're going to come into the throne room with God. You know, there's a lot of times I've been places and I thought, I don't belong here. I don't, I don't match up. 
I don't belong in this predicament. You know, I'd be better off just sitting at the house. But I'll tell you, when I walk into that throne room, there'll be no doubt I belong. Emily, there'll be no doubt that when I'm walking with Christ, sitting in that throne room, I will belong there. I will be a joint heir. That'll be my property just as much as it is His. How joyful that is. I can't, I can't help but overflow with when I think about that. Why? Because God died. He sent His Son to die for you and me. You think about all He went through. He was born. He was chastised. He was beaten. He was bruised. And He did it all for me and you. I don't know anybody else who would do that, Eric. You know, my mom and dad, they, they'd probably try, but they wouldn't prevail like Christ did. They wouldn't be able to make it like Christ did. They wouldn't be able to take the sins of the world on His back and say, I've got this, don't worry. Don't worry. You know, the whole time His disciples, they were worried. They were alarmed. And when He died, they, they thought it was over. He told them time and time again, He said, this isn't the end. I'll be coming back. He said, this isn't the end. But what'd they do? They got down. They got low. They thought, oh, this is it. He's gone. What are we going to do? They forgot the promises that He told them. And they walked with Him. So it's only understandable that we misstep from time to time. But like those disciples, when we get back to good ground, it is our job that when we find it, we establish ourselves on it. And that we walk with it and we walk in truth. And we allow our family and our friends the benefit of being in the presence of God. You say, what do you mean? When you get saved, you become Christ. Inside, you are 100% Christ. That's good. I like that. And everywhere you go, that's you portraying that light. You know, you think about, I talked about my mom and dad being saved and how good it was. Well, let me tell you, when you've got a mom who will pray time and time again for you, even when you don't even know it, that's good. And when you've got a dad that'll sit there and he's not you know, throwing out those profane words, he's not drinking himself to death, and he's not causing bad you know, uh, problems in your home, and he's living a godly life, in a godly structure, and He's raising His boys the best He can. That's an image of Christ taking care of His sheep. That's, a, that's an image of Christ taking care of those little lambs, trying to help them to grow, trying to show them the right pastures to eat in, trying to show them the right ways to go. If you're not saved, you can't do that. You can do the best you can, but it won't add up. You know, people, I've, I've known a lot of folks that have lived great lives. They have donated a lot of time. They've donated a lot of resources. But without being saved, it didn't add up to much. If you don't have that one thing, that's what he told the rich man, you lackest one thing. If you don't have it, you're not going. And if you don't have it, you can't truly help somebody. I'm glad that everybody in my, my family that was around me had it because I know I needed it. God's been good to us. I want to get Eric to sing us a song if he has one. And I want to just kind of do a little invitation. And if anybody out there feels like praying, if any one of them 
feels like I'm that one that God's speaking to. I'm that one God's calling to. I pray that you would find a place down on your knees and humbly call to Him say, Lord, here I am. Lord, this is me. I know it is. I know you're speaking to me. God, I don't know what to do. But I know you can take care of it. You come like that, God will save you. God will help you with your problems. God will fix you up and put you in a place where you can be used, where you can find ground to be established in. You know, if I'm out looking in the world and it's 100 degrees outside and it's sunny, I'm looking for a tree to sit under. I don't want a little weed. I don't want a little sapling that looks like he can't take care of himself. I want a tree that's planted, that's covering, that's got shade. God can do that with our lives. He can give everyone that wants refuge under a little place to be, to find shade, Lord, that they can be established. Go ahead and sing when you're ready, Eric. I don't know who needs to come. I don't know anyone's circumstances. But if God's speaking to you, I pray that you would find a place. Just get down and pray. Humble yourself. You know, the Bible tells us, said, come humbly and call unto me, and I will come to you. That's, that's the truth. Anyone that's ever been saved, that's how they came. Whenever you're ready, buddy. I was just an old beggar In sin's cause I wandered So far, far away from the fold There's folks out But there an old-fashioned preacher Told me about Jesus And now I belong to Him and I know. I'll tell you, buddy, you pray about it. Yes, I You'll find know. an answer. There's times in my life, I remember, I, know I may have been 21, 22 been in college, I thought, again. I got to a point, I didn't know if I really believed in this. I, I didn't know. I thought, Lord, did I even get yes, saved? I, know. I struggled with that. And I remember I got I've down and I prayed. I said, Lord, if you're real, let me know. The land. Tears started falling. My no heart, power that hard, stony heart, broke this once mark again. The Lord and there was a stillness me. that came by that only God could give. And it took me back to the place where I got saved. And God showed me. He said, that's when you got it. Do you remember? And I remember I, in my heart I thought, yeah, Lord, I remember. I remember now. Thank you, God. There's going to be times in our life things tend to stink. There are going to be trials. But thank God we've got somebody who will show us where we stand. Who will show us what's going on and He'll help us. So wherever you are, I pray that if God's speaking to you, that you would come. That if God's calling to you, that you would come. There's too many things weighing on your life for you not to act. Preacher, I mean, I'm just again. one person. What's it matter? You know what? Like, Peter was one person, but 3,000 yes, souls got know. saved when he was preaching. You know, I think about there was a woman that was a prophet. If she hadn't been doing land. her job, how many people wouldn't have found the Lord? No you know, there's so many folks in the Bible that it goes time and time again. You say, well, those are people in the Bible. Those aren't us. I'm, I'm telling you, 
But if Terry Brock wasn't King, preaching the gospel, the day I got no saved, I wouldn't have went home. I wouldn't have got to hear that gospel preaching. If, you know, so many people I, I think about, you know, I remember as I'd sit over here as a young man, there was two men that always sat by me, and they kept me in church. They helped me. I looked forward to sitting next to those two men every time I came to the church house. I remember as a kid, Vic Jordan used to have candy, and I would go and pick that candy up. I knew he'd have some for me. There's people, time and time again, I can think about their faces, even though some of them are gone, some of them aren't. We all have a place and a work, even if it's just in your own home and your own family. Your job is still important. You may not touch anybody more than your children. I'm glad my mom and dad touched me. I'm so glad my mom and dad helped me. If it was just for us boys, me and my brothers, I'm glad they did what they did. You know, I, I think about my own life. I hope one day me and Annie can have children when the time's right. And I hope that we live a life that they can grow up and it's easy for them to get saved. It's easy for them to find the Lord. You know, not just for my benefit of knowing they're saved, but for their benefit. Because I know going through school, going through the world now, it's harder than it's ever been. I don't, I, I look back and I think, man, I had it easy in school compared to what kids have it now. And it's only getting harder. And uh, I'm telling you, if you're not in a spot where you can help your children, you're doing them a disservice. Because walking through school with all those other kids, you, don't, you know, you have these stipulations in your mind that the devil puts in there. The devil puts thoughts in there that beat you down as a child. But when you walk in with God, all those things are kind of cleared up. All those things get put aside. Why? Because you've got that friend, that acquaintance, that wonderful man that'll walk day in and day out with you. That man that'll always show up when everybody else just doesn't seem to be around. That's what God is to me. You know, I, I, I don't know how many people know this, but I struggled with depression there for a little bit. I had some things happen when I was a teenager. It really struck me hard. And it, and it put me in a whirlwind. And I told my wife, I said, you know, if that, hadn't, if that had happened to me and I was lost, I don't know what I would have done. But I'm so glad that when that happened to me, God took over. God came into my life. He took everything by the reins, and He just rode me through. And we found the mountaintop, and I got through that, and I thought, holy cow, where did it go? We were in turmoil. What happened? God's so good. And if you don't have that, you're missing out. If you don't have that, you know, you're, what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to do anything. And you, you say, preacher, you know, you're really hitting this hard about that. I am because it's important. God showed me how important it is. Not only in my own life, but throughout the Word, He states how important it is to be close to Him. You know, you think about Lot. How many of us would have gave up? I would have gave up. I'd have said, Lord, forget this. If you put me in this kind of a, a crap hole, I'm done. But He didn't give up on him. And when he came out of the problems he had, he was tenfold ahead of what he was. God is good all the time. You know, I, I love that scripture. It says, 
you know, say the same today, uh, yesterday, and forever. That is true. I've found that to be true every day. The world changes. The world has different opinions, but God always stays the same. And if you lean on that, you'll find something worth leaning on. I'm thankful to be here, and I don't know, do you have another song or anything? I'll go right ahead. <laughs> when old Stephen was accused, lonely and bewildered, God's no given somebody an opportunity. That day like I said, I, would stand I don't know anybody's heart. I, I, don't, I don't even know who's watching. But, then he but I do know that God has placed a service here tonight. And, and God is calling to someone. The face and I know that Jesus he wouldn't just call for no reason. God's always got a reason. He's always got a purpose. And he's always got something right on time. And if he's speaking to you, take heed of that. He answer that call. When God calls, it's not something to be taken lightly. When God calls, it's not something to just be put to the wayside. Oh, I'll get to that later. You know, I know people will sometimes get a phone call and they'll say, oh, I'll call them back later. And, and I'll talk to them all the time. Ain't that big a deal. So Buddy, when God's calling, you better take that call. When God's calling, it's important. He's got a purpose for that phone call. He's got a need for that phone call. So pick up the phone. God's calling. I don't know what it is that you need. But I know He's calling. And more than that, I know He wants to call you. How sweet is that to get a phone call from the King? I mean... If somebody in royalty called me, I'd think, man, that's pretty like cool. You know, I, I don't know what right I would do. I guess I'd just be in shock. But somebody so much greater, with so much more value, so much more status, is trying to get a hold of you. I pray that whoever it is, God would just reach prayer. out to you. And he'd he let you know exactly where you stand with him. That he would let you know exactly what he's expecting. And that you would have no doubt well, in your mind and in your heart what God's asking dry. you to do. And that when you know what God so wants from you, you would just get up and you'd do exactly as he says. So that you would pray and say, God, I want this. God, I need this. I want to be like that woman who fought through the crowd. I want to be the one that changes my outcome. Lord, I don't want to go down as the loser. I want to go down as the one on the winning side. Because that's what we do. When you get saved, you go from a team that is going nowhere to a team that's going for everything. A team that'll soon be disappointed, soon be left to the side. For, to a team that'll be forever at the top. You think about that. Who doesn't want to be on a winning team? Who doesn't want to be, you know, like the, the Celtics back in the day? Who doesn't want to be like the UCLA Bruins? Those are the teams I want to be on. I want to be running around the bases with Pete Rose. I don't want to be running around with Joe Schmo. Folks, God has given us opportunity. Whatever your choice is, you're going to have to live with that. And uh, I know... When I made mine, best decision I ever made. I'll not ever regret it. I'll not ever second guess it. When I get where God's at, 
and I think about those decisions that God gave me to make, I think, thank you, Lord, I made the right ones. Thank you, Lord, not only for myself, but for my people. God's been good, and we're thankful for tonight's service, and I don't feel like going any further. I don't feel like I have anything else, but I just want to say how thankful I am to be in the house tonight. I want to say how thankful I am that God has passed by once again. And uh, like I said, I know we've got some visit or some viewers out there that are you know watching, and I just pray that if God spoke to you, you got things fixed up, and that if God is dealing with you, I pray that you and Him came together and had a conversation that you'll never forget. That's my heart's desire this evening. You say, preacher, why do you even care? When you've got what I've got, you want others to get it. You know, I, I, I'm telling you folks, it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. So we're thankful, thankful to be here, and thankful for what God gave us, and thankful for Eric coming to sing. And, you know, Eric brought his family with him. That's pretty cool. It's nice to have people in the church house, you know. Sometimes it gets a little lonely in here when nobody's here. But uh, we're thankful for the prayers of folks out there, and so honored and uh, grateful and just remember, our church service is coming up Sunday, and um, I don't know of any announcements or anything that are going on, but we'll just end in prayer and say thank you to the Lord for giving us this service. But bow your heads in prayer, and we'll, we'll end in dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful and honored, Lord, for what you've given us, and Lord, we're so thankful and honored for the service that you've allowed us to have and the gospel that came out. Lord, we pray that whoever you were preaching to, Lord, Lord, that that conviction would set in, Lord, and that you would speak to them, Lord, and that you would allow them, Lord, to pray unto you and call unto you. Lord, before that time is run out, Lord, we know that here on earth is such a short season. Whether it's 100 or 200 years, it don't matter. Lord, it's so small comparably. I think about, you know, it's been 20 years since the day I got saved, Lord, and I'm not really sure where that went. But I know that time's marching on. And people are still lost. And Lord, I pray that you just help them to understand the circumstance they're in. Continue to give them opportunity. And Lord, I pray that you would break their heart. Lord, that the stone would fall away. Lord, and that the warmth would open up, God, and they would see, Lord, the circumstance they're in. And they want to come to you like that woman did. Lord, like that man in the tombs. Lord, like Naaman. Lord, like so many others in the Bible, Lord, we're thankful and grateful for this evening. We just pray for all of our members, Lord, that you'd give them strength. In your holy name we pray. Amen.